Namaste, Namaskaram, Vanakam, Namo Namaha, Jai Ganesha. Please visit our website at classicalyoga.org and there is a donate button if you'd like to help us out. Stand up for the Hindu Yoga Dharma. Jai Ganesha. Bhaktunai Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Nirvignam Gurume Deva Sarva Kareshu Sarvada So today let's talk about Ganesha and his curved trunk, Vakvatundaya. Please visit our other podcasts on why Ganesha, on the elephant in the room, the elephant not in the room. Ganesha is inside of my head. And also the amazing similarities between Ganesha and the modern Santa Claus. Every quote-unquote Hindu knows that we always beseech Maha Ganapati first. And you can also visit our podcast on the gem principle and the respect that a mature Hindu should have for all the sampradayas within the Hindu yoga dharma. But we always start with Mahaganapati. And when we understand the symbolic meaning of Ganesha as well as the other deities, and basically we can look at our devas and devis, male and female, in one of three ways, or all three ways, we can look at them first and foremost simply as great works of art to be appreciated. That brings one into a higher state of culture. We can look at the deities and try to figure out all of the symbolism there. The wisdom of the various stories behind the deities. And number three, one may or may not have an intimate inner experience of one or more of these deities. Any one of those, two or all three, are perfectly valid. Obviously, with the number three, when we talk about quote-unquote invisible deities, obviously to others, this is where we often get in trouble in the various religions of the world when we try to make an invisible deity to others requisite knowledge for everybody. So if we look at the powerful symbolism of Mahaganapati, we see that these are clearly foundational qualities and remember, the very story of his birth is created off the mud of his Mahaparavati, so the earthiness. We start with Bhumi Mata, or Mother Earth. That's our home planet. So in our other podcast, we'll go more into detail in these areas. But we also understand Ganesha with the link to the chakras that are with, within all of us. So the first chakra is the Muladhara chakra, which is the earth element. That's why it's always associated with Ganapati. And also when we chant the famous Om chant, the A-U-M, found in Manduki Upanishad. This also is synonymous with Maha Ganapati, representing the animal, human, and divine nature, his form and the form of all of us. And if we go back to the Rig Veda, Ganesha is first known as Brihaspati, the male deity of speech. And of course, Mahasaraswati is the female deity of speech, Vak or Vach. Ganesha as Brihaspati means the great expansive Bri laughing Has deity. For Ganesha brings out a sense of, of humor, a sense of goodwill, a sense of contentment, Santoshima, his big belly. So today let's look at this famous sloka Vakratundaya Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Nirvignam Gurume Deva Sarvakareshu Sarvada. If we look at Mahaganapati, obviously the 
elephant head is foremost, but we look at the elephant's trunk, an amazing piece of evolution. And those of you that have been to some of the larger mandirs in India have had the experience of meeting a full-grown elephant at the gateway, at the entrance. And you must pass him. And maybe you've had the blessing of the elephant putting its trunk on your head, making you humbly bow no matter how physically strong one is. So if we look at Vakratundaya, the meaning of Ganesha's curved trunk, we see some powerful, powerful life wisdom here, some basic psychology. And you know, Hindus in the know realize that Mahaganapati is their psychiatrist. We don't need a psychiatrist or a psychologist. We go to Mahaganapati. You know, the first um, Orthodox Hindu mandir in America is in Flushing, New York. And it, quote-unquote, just happens to be a Ganesh mandir. And it was founded by Mahaganapati himself. And the story goes that Two sadhus were living in Flushing from India. And at night, one of the sadhus had a dream. And in this dream, Mahaganapati flew him around the town. And he looked down and he saw a white building with a fence around it. He woke up in the morning and told his fellow sadhu Ooh, about his dream of Mahaganapati. He said, we have to walk around this town of Flushing and, and see what we can see. Hmm. Ironically, they looked, and they saw a white building with a fence around it. It happened to be an old church that was up for sale. <laughs> the rest is history. They got together with some of the wealthier Indians, and today we have this first Mandir to Mahaganapati, which has expanded into a really hub of Hindu culture. So the Murti of Mahaganapati in the center is most beautiful. They say it's one of the most beautiful carvings since the ancient Chola Empire. Beautiful black polished granite stone. And his Vilambita Sutra, his trunk is very prominent. And in this form, we all know that Ganesha's trunk can face different directions, and there's great wisdom in that. In this form, his trunk is curved with, and he's holding the, the Lota, or the Kamandalu, which is what we use to bathe with the Abhishekam, the bathe and the purification process in Hinduism. In many other images of Mahaganapati, you'll see the trunk, his Vilambita Sutra, his Vakratundaya, pointing to the sweet laddu that he holds at his hand. So let's focus on this and let's look at this beautiful piece of evolution, the elephant's trunk. It's a most amazing appendage. In a way, it's considered the elephant's fifth hand, the primary hand, actually. It can do three things. It is so strong that it can actually rip a tree right out of the ground. Elephants were, of course, the heavy equipment that helped to build India. Yet the elephant's trunk is also extremely flexible, like a snake, Nagdevata. Remember... We as Hindus see the snake as divine because it represents the way life moves. Life doesn't move in straight lines. It moves in, moves in curvy lines. Sight waves, sound waves, heat waves. So it's strong and it's flexible. And the tip is so sensitive it can pick up a coin right off the ground. 
Wow. What a psychological lesson here. Remember, a picture's worth a thousand words. And symbolism is life. We all have symbolism. And when we become a fundamentalist within any religion, we're just suffering from selective symbolism. We like ours, but not somebody else's. So if we look at the wisdom here of Ganesha's Vilambita Sutra, his Vakratundaya, he's reminding us to be strong and flexible and sensitive. Then life is sweet. Just think of the opposite. If we're weak, if we're inflexible, if we're insensitive, life will be anything but sweet. It'll be sour for us and those around us. Powerful life lessons here. Not to be overlooked in their simplicity. I encourage all to make a journal. You make a Ganesha's curved trunk on the outside. And here's where we, as mature Hindus, always need to understand the difference between generalities and specifics. And this is the beauty of the Hindu Yoga Dharma. When we're speaking English, obviously, we can relate the Hindu Yoga Dharma to others in a very general way, but also respect the specifics. So, for example, we can talk about an elephant in a general way, and the elephant's trunk, and the qualities of strength, flexibility, and sensitivity. Of course, we have to respect that specifically, we're also talking about Ganesha. We're talking about his Vilambita Sutra, his Vakratundaya. And we're talking about the qualities of Virya, strength, flexibility, Naga and sensitivity, bhava. Remember, never confuse generalities and specifics. Many of us are guilty of this. For example, yoga. Yoga is not a general term for exercise. Yoga is a very specific term. It's a Sanskrit, Hindu, Tamil word. Yoga, yogam. And it specifically means to yoke, yuj, to one's atmana and brahman. So please, let's not confuse generalities and specific. Let's appreciate them. So being strong and flexible and sensitive, we look at our four bodies, at least three. We know we have a physical body. We know we have a mental body. And we know we have emotions. Whether or not we realize we are the Atmana, which is our Hindu specific word for what some others call the soul, but there's a difference there, so we have to clarify so if we use the word soul to mean the inner essence, we have four aspects to who we are. We are a body, mind, emotions, and a soul. Now let's apply these three qualities of strength, flexibility, and sensitivity. And here's where you can make a personal list in your journal. What does it mean to you to be strong physically? What does that mean? Is it just exercise or is it also the amount of sleep one gets, the diet one partakes in? What does it mean to be strong mentally? Hmm. This is why in the Hindu Yoga Dharma, we do so much memorization work to help build a strong smriti or memory. And it's not a coincidence that the elephant is known for never forgetting. Also, Ganesha is associated with the first chakra, which is memory. Zero to seven years of age. The first chakra is highly activated. That's why we can learn an entire language or more in those seven years. Then think about what it means to be strong emotionally. This is developing our EQ, 
Yeah, we, we need to develop our IQ, but without a strong EQ, this is a fault of many of us as Hindus, right? That's why we've been taken advantage of throughout the ages. Many of us do not have a strong EQ. We're not able to handle confrontation. And many may misunderstand what ahimsa is. Ahimsa does not mean that we can't confront and enter into rigorous debate and discussion. It does not mean that we can't stand up and protect the Hindu yoga dhamma. Something we have unfortunately completely lost. We've let our sacred Hindu yoga, spiritual teachings and practices, and many of our Sanskrit and Tamil terms be totally distorted and perverted. And actually many are joining in this. Then we look at the quality of flexibility. And we ask ourselves, how can I be physically flexible? And here's where the Hatha Yoga, which are the Hindu devotional postures within Hinduism come in. But it's more than that. It also has to do with lifestyle, how much sleep we get, our diet. There's many reasons why we wake up so stiff in our joints. So we can ask ourselves, how can I be more flexible physically, but also how about mentally flexible? Being able to see different points of view. In other words, we want to have a balanced, sattvic mental experience where we are neither closed-minded or, as the cliche goes, so open-minded that our brains fall out. The closed-minded is the worst part of our pingala, our male nature, where we become the hard, rigid fundamentalist or the my way or the highway. But the other extreme is kind of the new age. This is where you get our new age spurious yoga movement from, where they're so open-minded, all is one, which is bad math, no labels, no divisions, very nonsensical, illogical statements. But there is a balance in the middle where we know how to use both left and right brain. We know when to be firm and we know when to be more flexible and open. This is developing also mental sensitivity being very sensitive to the mind itself. We study this in the Hindu Yoga Dharma, the different states of mind. From the Madha, the Kasipta, Viksipta, Ekagraha, Nirudha. Then we can look at our emotional nature, Bhava, and then ask ourselves, how can I be stronger emotionally, more flexible, more sensitive? So in Ganesha's trunk, it's a great life lesson lifetimes lesson that we Hindus can appreciate and in talking to the general public. How can we be strong, flexible, and sensitive in our body, our mind, and our emotions? Vakratundaya. When we more or less achieve a balance of strength, flexibility, and sensitivity, then this is developing the Mahakaya, the great body of contentment. If we look at Ganesha, we see his big belly, which is a reminder to be jolly, to be happy. Ganesha is almost like a Santa Claus figure, and the big belly represents a happiness, a contentment, a jolliness, Santoshima. Choosing to live a religious spiritual life, and those words always go together, helps to develop the inner spirit or soul, if you will. We Hindus have specifically chosen to live the Hindu yoga, religious, spiritual, scientific, philosophical lifestyle, to uncover the Atmana, Surya Koti Samaprabha, which is like the 
vision of a million suns, the blazing surya within, the soul, if you will, the El soul, the inner experience of the Atmana, of Jyoti, pure light, and Shakti, pure energy, and the feeling of heat, which transforms into the human emotion of bliss or love, Ananda, Satchit Ananda our Hindu descriptive term for the inner essence, which we call the Atmana, which is not the mind, thank goodness. It's temporarily inhabiting a body, mind, and emotions, but it also can and will transcend them, certainly at physical death. So in this famous sloka, we liken the experience of Atma Dashana Paramodharma, meaning the supreme duty for all Hindus is to realize their Atmana, like the experience of a million suns, it's interesting to note that during the first atomic explosion back in the 1940s, Robert Oppenheimer was actually quoting from the Bhagavad Gita. If the radiance of a thousand suns were to burst into the sky, it would perhaps be like the splendor of the Atmana. Divya Surya Sahasrasya, Bhavad Yugapad Udita, Yari Bhava Sadrishi Sasya, Basya Ma Atmana. So through our chosen lifestyle, we uncover, or keep it covered up, if we have a negative lifestyle, we uncover the inner essence or the Atmana. Remember that Atma Darshana, or in general spiritual realization, is not something that we get, because it's not a commodity that you buy and sell. This is why in all true religious spiritual traditions, the essential teachings are always offered on a donation basis. Contrast that to the antithesis of that, which is today's modern spurious yoga business stuff. So we uncover. We don't really get something new. We're just uncovering that which has been covered up by things like greed and anger and lust and pride and delusion and fear and ignorance and hard egoism. This is why the Saiva Hindu shishyas and chelas and devotees, it's why they wear the tripundra, the three horizontal stripes of vibhuti, the holy ash, the refined cow dung. In other words, facing the bull in our life, transforming the BS into vibhuti, holy ash. In the Yoga Sutras of the Saiva Hindu Guru Patanjali, this is actually the third pada, the power you get from living this Hindu yoga, religious, spiritual, scientific, philosophical lifestyle. So we put on the vibhuti every day, to help remind us to burn up greed and anger and lust, loba, krodha, kama, also anava, karma, maya. For when we do burn up greed, anger, lust, it uncovers, lifts the veil on the atmana. Hence we put on the, the bindi, the potu, the mark of the Hindu, puram bindu, vajri, purushtu, taha, from the Rig Veda. Ancient bindu, indu, hindu, soulful warrior. When we remove the clouds of ignorance, we see that which was always there, just like on a cloudy day. Sun's there, but we just can't see it. So we remove these clouds of lobakrodakama, greed, anger, lust, excessive desire for anything. And we see that which we always were. This is why Ganesha is called Vigneshvara, the remover of obstacles. Hence the third line of this sloka, Nirvignam Gurume Deva. He is the Deva that removes Obstacles. Is this not, in general, the role of the elephant? 
The elephant goes first, removes all the obstacles. Everything gets out of the way of the elephant. The elephant is really the king of the jungle. Nobody messes with the elephant, certainly never with a, a whole family of elephants. A single elephant can only be brought down by a whole pack of lions, huh? like the jackals, the lions of mass movements that get out of control and overwhelm Hindus throughout the ages. But the elephant reminds us to remove the obstacles in our life. So we need teachers, we need parents, we need people to help and guide us and be role models. But importantly, they should be teaching us to become autonomous individuals that can remove the obstacles in our own life. We don't always have to depend on someone else to do that work for us. In fact, the greatest gift that any parent or teacher or guru can give to their child, their student, their chela, their shishya, is to make them, in a sense, not need them, to make them autonomous, independent adults, maybe teachers themselves, find the guru within their self. So while we look to Mahaganapati and our different deities as role models and guides and aids, which is all wonderful, they're teaching us to eventually be able to do this process ourselves. And we see how, by being strong and flexible and sensitive, we're taking control and removing the obstacles in our life. This is also the symbolism of the mature Mahaganapati that holds the gadha or the mace, or sometimes a hatchet, and the pasa, the rope, reminding us to learn in life what to eliminate, what to get rid of, what to cut off, and what to hold close. And not reverse the process. Don't hold close the wrong things. And don't get rid of the good things. This is a lesson, a sore lesson, that we as Hindus really have to learn. We need to hold on to the goodness of the Hindu yoga dharma. And we need to let go of things like caste and the swastika misrepresentations. We need to let go of the basically Christian terms God and Lord. We need to hold on to our Sanskrit, Tamil, sacred Hindu terms and concepts. Procrastination has horrible effects, as all of us know, because we continually have to address issues from perhaps hundreds of years ago that Hindus were never willing to face. And it's happening again with the modern spurious yoga movement that's totally out of control, it's totally non-Hindu. So here's where we Hindus need to learn this vital lesson of Mahaganapati. Remember his creation story. He was created to protect his Mataji Parvati, which is symbolic of protecting the Dharma, and the Dharma will protect you. So this young boy stood up even in the face of Mahadeva and his attendees, reminding us all that when we have truth, when we have principles in our life, we need to stand up for them. And we're not always going to win. Sometimes we lose and lose big like Ganapati did. But if we hold steadfast to the inner truths, everything will turn out all right in the end. Ganesha got the elephant head. And he's forever known as one of the most popular recognizable deities within the Hindu pantheon. 
So in life, we don't want to hold on to negative baggage, if you will. And of course, the meaning of trunk is also just that. A trunk is a large storage facility, if you will. A large piece of baggage. So it's a reminder to all of us that what baggage are we holding on to? Remember, the past we should learn from, but the past is gone. It's dead. If we keep going over past events, past hurts, we're holding on to them, and we're actually holding on to something that's dead. Does that make any logical sense? I know it's not easy to do. We want to learn from our past experiences. But if we keep holding on to this baggage, it just debilitates our present-day circumstances. This is where forgiveness comes in. We don't forget, but there has to be a forgiveness. There has to be a letting go of the past if we want to carry on. Hmm. So the good traveler just has a simple carry-on baggage, not heavy baggage that weighs them down. And then we truly carry on with life when we learn to let go of the negativity of the past, the abuses of the past, perhaps. And we can do that if we remember truly who we are. This is the essence of the Hindu Yoga Dharma, Tattvamasi, that thou art. Ganesha's first chakra, the memory, never forgetting who we are. Remember. This is essentially the meaning of religio, to relink, where we get the word religion. Remember. Never forget that we are the Atmana of Jyoti, Shakti, Ananda, Shanti, of love, light, and energy with a body, mind, and emotions that we seek to develop by being strong and flexible and sensitive. So we have chosen the Hindu yoga, religious, spiritual, scientific, philosophical lifestyle, and it's essentially karma yoga, Hindu ethics and seva, or selfless service, bhakti yoga, Hindu devotions, raja yoga, Hindu contemplations, meditation, Gyan Yoga, Hindu studies, external and internal. And within these four classic yogas, term Chariye Kariye Yoga Manyanam to the Tamil Hindus, we have Hatha Yoga, Hindu devotional postures. Sadly, this one's been totally distorted. We have Mantra Yoga, another word that's misused. Mantras are Hindu devotional chants. Japa Yoga, Hindu devotional chants on a mala, on beads. We sing bhajans and kirtan, nada yoga. We dance, nata yoga, paratnatyam. Actually, in Ganesha's trunk, we can see our classic yogas also. The trunk is obviously extremely strong. Karma yoga does the work. But also the trunk is a bhakti yoga. It's a trumpet. It rings out like we blow our conch, the sunk. We ring our gantas in devotion, bhakti yoga. And remember, elephants are extremely devoted to their families, bhakti yoga. Also, the elephant is a master of pranayama. It can suck in huge amounts of prana, of breath, through that trunk and blow it out. Raja yoga. And the fulfillment of the enlightened state by being strong and flexible and sensitive then life becomes sweet. Ayur madhu. But this is up to us to do the work. 
Sarvakareshu Sarvada. So reflect on this famous sloka and the wisdom of Ganesha's trunk and the wisdom of Mahaganapati in general being the foundation for the life as a Hindu. Understanding all of these wonderful foundational qualities. So be very brave and have no problem saying Jai Ganesha to your fellow Hindus. Because he is the understanding that keeps us together as a united Hindu family. Whether we're Saivas or Vaishnavas or Shaktas, we need to look at ourselves as a Hindu family. Having a strong foundation is vital. Vakratundaya Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Nirvegnam Gurumedeva Sarva Kareshu Sarvada Om Vakratundaya Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Nirvegnam Gurumedeva Sarva Kareshu Sarvada Vakratundaya Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Nirvignam Gurume Deva Sarva Kareshu Sarvada Vakutundaya Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Nirvignam Gurume Deva Sarva Kareshu Sarvada Vakutundaya Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Nirvignam Gurume Deva Sarva Kareshu Sarvada Vakutundaya Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Nirvignam Gurume Deva Sarva Kareshu Sarvada Vakutundaya Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Nirvignam Gurume Deva Sarva Kareshu Sarvada Vakudundaya Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Nirvignam Gurume Deva Sarva Kareshu Sarvada Vakudundaya Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Nirvignam Gurume Deva Sarva Kareshu Sarvada Vakudundaya Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Nirvignam Gurume Deva Sarva Kareshu Sarvada Vakudundaya Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Nirvignam Gurume Deva Sarva Kareshu Sarvada Vakudundaya Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Nirvignam Gurume Deva Sarva Kareshu Sarvada Vakudundaya Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Nirvignam Gurume Deva Sarva Kareshu Sarvada Vakudundaya Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Nirvignam Gurume Deva Sarva Kareshu Sarvada Vakudundaya Mahakaya Surya Koti Samaprabha Nirvignam Gurume Deva Sarva Kareshu Sarvada 
Sarva Kareshu Sarva